At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is something that obviously happened to me a long time ago, as MySpace is no longer relevant, but it still gives me chills from time to time. It's not as bad as some of the stories on here, but it stuck with me. When I was in high school, I, just like everyone else, had a MySpace, and just like everyone else, I posted selfies. I never considered myself very popular online. I wasn't one of those people with hundreds of friends. My real name wasn't even on a thing, nor my actual hometown. I mostly used MySpace to see what my friends were up to, but I also used it as a personal photo album to share and post photos of random things I've done. One night, I went to the mall with a bunch of friends, which was a typical Friday outing. We would meet, maybe watch a movie, more than likely spend a lot of time at the arcade playing Dance Dance Revolution. A bunch of us were at Hot Topic, another common haunt for us teenagers. We were browsing their selection, thinking of what outfit would be best to defy our conservative parents. When out of the blue, he arrives. The guy was overweight, slightly taller than me, and obviously much older. He had the look of someone who had never matured past the age of 17, despite being in his mid to late 20s. Why else would he be approaching a 16-year-old in a hot topic on a Friday night? The first thing out of his mouth upon seeing me was, Hey, I know you, Moni. I stopped dead and stared at him, racking my memory. Moni was a name that only my friends called me. It was a nickname that I had adopted in high school and was not associated in any way with my name. I thought for half a second that I had met this guy at some anime convention and for some reason, he recognized me. Then he said without hesitation, You're Mooney from MySpace. My eyes widened as my brain spun through responses trying to come up with a proper way to interact with this creeper. Oh, uh, are we friends? I asked him hesitantly. I definitely did not recognize him. I typically was very good about becoming acquainted with anyone I was friends with online. No, I just seen you around. You're from Washington, D.C., right? He asked. I now knew this guy only knew me from online. I had set my location to Washington, D.C. because I was paranoid about posting my actual hometown because I did not want to be found by creepers like him. The conversation that followed was filled with awkward chit-chat as I attempted to move closer and closer to the door of the hot topic 
all the while trying to make sure that my friends were close to me. I attained no information on how the guy found me on MySpace, or why he spent a long enough time on my MySpace profile to pretty much memorize what I looked like. It's not as if I had very distinguished features. I was a typical 16-year-old punk wannabe kid that wore Hot Topic skirts, Hello Kitty shirts, and sometimes hats with animal ears. Other than that, I was undistinguishable from any other teen on a busy Friday night. And like I mentioned before, I was not very popular on the website. I barely had 50 friends. I was far from internet famous. My photos were not profane. I did not dress slutty or in any way inappropriate. Quite frankly, I was, and still am, pretty average in the looks department. After that, I set my MySpace to private and blocked most of the people I didn't know personally. It should have been a case of, be careful of who you talk to online. But in this situation, I never even spoke to the guy. He literally found my profile online and became acquainted with just my photographs. I shudder to think of some of the inappropriate things that probably happened to help form those memories. The story is short, but still terrifying. In grade 5, a friend of mine, Chloe, was messaged on MySpace by our mutual friend Asia. Asia asked Chloe to meet at the park by Chloe's house. Chloe had a baseball practice, so she told her, maybe another day. Asia insisted that today was the best, and she really wanted to hang out, even if it was for 10 minutes. Chloe told her no again, as she was about to eat dinner, then leave. Chloe thought it was strange that Asia was so persistent, as they had never hung out at school, let alone afterwards. The next day, Chloe confronted Asia. I'm sorry I couldn't hang out yesterday. I had baseball practice. I'm free tonight if you want. Asia was confused. What are you talking about? She asked. On MySpace, you asked me to hang out last night. Asia then explained that she didn't message Chloe. Creepier yet, she had recently gotten a new account due to spam she was receiving. The scariest part to me is that Asia had referred to the park by its name, which isn't a very common one. A couple of years later, my other friend saw a green van parked on the street the park was on with a middle-aged man inside. He only showed up during soccer games or when lots of kids were around and would leave when the kids left. My friend lived across the street from the park and noticed this from her window frequently. Chloe deleted MySpace when she got home. Creepy pedophile MySpace man. I'm sure we'd all agree. Let's not meet. So needless to say, this is a throwaway account. This is a story I've never told anyone. Because how the hell do you admit to your family you are almost abducted? This happened to me when I was 11, or if you will, in 2005. It was a usual summer day for me. I got up at about noon, went on a bike ride with my brother, 
then came home and spent most of the remaining daylight in our pool. So, as I was relaxing for the night and intent on spending the rest of the night playing video games, I decide to check my MySpace profile really quick, and I can see I got a friend request. Her name was Allie, 13, three hours away from nowhere, Kentucky. I clicked the name because I didn't know an Allie, not even an Allison, or really any girls who had an A name at all. She was pretty, and 11-year-old me just scoffed like, why would she want to be friends with me? I almost ignored it. Almost. I accepted the request, and with not much else to do, I sent her a message, asking a simple question, like, should I know you from somewhere? She tells me we've not met, but she's friends with one of my friends, Mike. I check out her profile, see she and Mike share a lot of common interest, are on each other's friends list, so it checks out. I don't message Mike to ask him about her. But I was a very trusting young boy and had no reason to believe she was anything but what she said she was. For the next few weeks, I talked to her every night for no less than three hours usually. We just chat about anything, school, music, television, typical kid things. I didn't really think anything more about it than just being MySpace friends until she said that she liked me. I sort of laughed it off thinking she just meant like and the way friends like each other. However, she clarified that she meant she'd had feelings for me and wanted to meet in real life. She lived pretty far away from me, so I didn't really see how this would be possible. I knew my parents weren't about to take me to meet some girl I met online. I wouldn't want them to in the first place. They were decent parents and all. I just never felt I could talk to them about these kinds of things. So I just sort of shrugged it off. I told her it would be too hard for us to meet because as much as I like riding my bike, a three hour bike ride to a part of state I'd hardly ever seen before was not something I was comfortable doing. She was very understanding and said that she at least wanted to talk on the phone instead of just messages. I agreed but told her to never call my number and to always let me be the one to call her because I didn't want my parents picking up and asking questions. She understood, and I called her. The first time, I got her dad, and he gave me a gruff, Who is this? It was weird, because I had the phone with me at the computer, and I told her I was calling, and she said she had the phone with her as well. However, I didn't think anything of it at all. I told him it was James, and that I was looking for Allie. He told me to hold on a second, and there was a rustling sound on the phone, like someone trying to make it sound like they were handing it over to someone. Again, I didn't really think anything of it, and when I heard a high-pitched, Hello? I didn't really think anything more of it. We talked for a few minutes, then she said she had to go because her dad was expecting a call as well. I shrugged it off and told her to just message me and we could talk again later. We kept messaging back and forth for a while, and before I knew it, it was almost the end of summer, and she was not satisfied having not met me in person yet, so she posed an idea. She said there was an end of summer event going on at a lake near my house. She said she and her family used to go there sometimes, 
that she could probably talk them to going this year. My family usually went to the area on 4th of July, and having just had a nice time there, it wouldn't be too hard to convince them to go back. A few nights later, she lets me know that they had agreed, and that she was super excited to finally meet me. She told me she was going to kiss me as soon as she saw me, and I just sort of blushed and tried my best to make it sound like it wasn't a big deal, like I was some stud who'd kissed plenty of girls before, but I wasn't. I was totally pumped to finally kiss a girl, and it was only a few nights away. I had a hard time sleeping the next couple of nights, and I stayed up most of the night talking to Allie. We were both excited and couldn't wait to meet. It was very much a magical experience. The night before, I think I stayed up until 8am talking to her. So the day had come, and after an early afternoon bike ride and a short swim, our family loaded into the car, and my dad took the truck so that me and my brother could take our bikes to the lake with us. There were plenty of bike trails, and we always enjoyed riding there. I told my brother I wasn't going to be hanging with him the whole night and would only ride with him a little bit before I went to meet with another friend. He wanted to tag along like little brothers often do, but I quickly convinced him he didn't want to hang out with me because the kids were mean, and I was only hanging out with them because of one of them. He didn't ask questions after that. About an hour later, the sun was starting to set. My brother said he was going back to meet with our parents. He didn't like riding in the dark. He had a habit of crashing as it was. I made my way to the picnic area Ali and I had agreed to meet at, and I sat on one of the picnic tables, my bike resting against its side. I sat for a long time, so long that I started to get worried and was ready to leave because the fireworks were about to start and Ali hadn't showed up yet. I stood up and jumped down from the picnic table, and just as I did, a rusty old white pickup truck pulled up beside the tables. The man inside reached across the cab to roll down the window and gave me a weird smile, telling me that he was Allie's dad and that he was going to take me to her. I started feeling strange about the situation, so I just gave him a blank stare and said, What? He turned the engine off, thinking maybe I couldn't hear him over the sound of it and climbed out of the truck. I said I'm here to take you to Ali. Hop on in, he said, opening the passenger door and motioning for me to climb in. The truck was full of garbage and it looked very dirty and I could smell the oil and other things coming from the truck. I gave a crooked look and told him I wasn't going to get in. As he grabbed my arm and pulled me towards the truck, I realized pretty quickly what he was all about. Get in the damn truck, he barked, squeezing my arm so tightly that I thought I was broken. I pulled away, practically giving myself an Indian burn as I told him I was leaving. He came after me, so I did the only thing I could do to repel a grown man twice my size and probably thrice my age. I reared back and kicked him square in the genitals. I didn't even bother to see how he handled the blow. 
I hopped on my bike and pedaled with all my might back to the other side of the lake where my family was. He didn't follow me. At least I don't think he did. If he did, he might have seen my dad, who was a rather large guy and definitely not someone you'd want to fight with after he'd had a few beers. I never saw him again. And when I got home to message Allie to tell her what a jerk her dad was, the profile was gone. I saw Mike just before school started, and he said he had no idea who Allie was, and didn't even remember adding her on MySpace. It wasn't until some years later I realized how terribly close I'd come to being abducted, and God knows what that man wanted to do to me. Allie's dad... Let's not meet again. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.